lean not on our own understanding. In Jesus' name, Spirit of the living God, reveal the truth to us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Greetings, beloved, in Jesus' name. Amen. The psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Are we all happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Just greet your neighbor and tell them you are happy to see them in the house of the Lord this morning. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> okay, you've greeted each other. Amen. It's always good to greet. I'm glad to be here in Milnaten this day. <clears throat> And uh, what I'm going to share with you, I'll just first give an illustration. I think some of you watch that channel, um, it's called National Geographic Channel, with the, I watched it some time back, with the lions and the buffaloes. Who usually wins between the lions and the buffaloes? It seems it's a tricky one. If the buffalo is out of others, it loses. If the buffalo is with others, the, lions, the lion can't win. Have you noticed that? Yeah, because each buffalo's back is covered by other buffaloes. Okay? So I want you to think of this and look at our relationship with one another and how our enemy, the devil, looks for ways to separate us so that when you are out there alone, then you are an easy meet for the devil. Let's go to the book of First Peter chapter 5, <clears throat> verse 8 to 9. We'll do it in the King James Version. I'm just giving you the introduction because I'm really very much excited about this. Something that reveals what we are faced with, the opposition that we are faced with from the enemy. But your enemy is defeated, but he still keeps on trying. And he will still keep on roaring and showing you that you are the one who is defeated when actually he is the one who is defeated. Anything that is threatening you now, it's supposed to be under your feet. But it will tell you, you are the one who is in trouble. So I want you to look at First Peter chapter 5, 8 to 9 in the King James Version. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Okay, so it says be sober and be vigilant. You know, when you are vigilant, you are watching out. You are aware that the enemy may attack any moment. Okay? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, mm -hmm. walks about like a roaring lion, mm. seeking whom he may devour. Okay, so in simple terms, this scripture is saying the devil is looking for opportunity to eat some people among us. It better not be you. Tell your neighbor, it better not be you. It better not be you. Because surely he is roaming around like a lion looking somebody to devour. devour. Mm -hmm. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, yeah. knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Okay. So it says the enemy, your enemy, the devil, is roaming around 
and he is roaring like a lion. So I told you the story about how lions get a buffalo. When he roars, and then a buffalo gets scared and jumps out, that is the one that will be eaten. So when the enemy roars next time, when the devil roars next time, don't jump out of church. Because you will be an easy meat for the enemy. What he will do is that he will threaten you and but as long as we are all together covering each other's back, he cannot get us. As long as we are there together praying for one another, he cannot get us. But once he separates you from other brethren, it's easy to get you. So it says your adversary, the devil, is roaming around. But he's also roaring like a lion. How many of you know that the devil is not a lion? He can just try to roar like one, but he isn't one. Okay? So it means he will make a noise that is more than what he can do to you. Amen. Amen. Yeah. The noise, he's a big talker. Amen. So he will make big noise and in your mind you're thinking about this. Did you know that some of the things you were troubled about, they didn't even come to pass? Hmm? Most of the things you were once worried about and you had sleepless nights and the enemy was just intimidating you, at the end, none of those threats came to pass. Which means, he's just roaring like a lion. He's seeking somebody to devour. But it means if he's seeking somebody to devour, if we don't resist him, then he can devour us. That's why the devil is still devouring. He's still getting some people. It's just that he may not be eating us, he is eating others. But we are here just to encourage one another that resist him. Resist him in faith. So John 10.10 in the NLT. John 10.10 NLT. Because I want to show you that the Lord is arming us. The Lord is equipping us to face this enemy. So the devil is your enemy. You cannot make friendship with him. Tell your neighbor the devil is your enemy. You cannot afford to be his friend. Yeah. If he seems to be like he's your friend, he's looking for an opportunity to devour you. He's drawing you closer so that he can devour you. Because here the Bible is very clear. NLT, John 10.10. 10. The fifth purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Okay. So the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus' purpose is to give us a rich and a satisfying life. Can you see the two contrasts? So there is the work of the enemy. When we are here on the earth, you can experience all this. You can get the enemy stealing. You can get the enemy killing. You can get the enemy destroying. But you can also have a satisfying rich life in Christ. All these are available to us. So it means we, we need not leave things to chance. We are soldiers in the Lord's army. Amen. So it means where the enemy would come in, he would intimidate, he would do, he can kill, he can steal, he can destroy. But we are equipped to face him and we can enjoy a satisfying and a rich life in Christ. So this, these are the two camps. 
So can we go to <clears throat> Psalms 18.34 in the Amplified? And then after that I'll give you a scripture where we'll give you the theme for the day. I'm just giving you this introduction so that you just understand what we are faced with. Psalms 18.34 Amplified. It trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. Amen. Tell your neighbor you are in training now. <laughs> so what does he train us for? So here David was talking about literally, he says the Lord was training him for war. We were singing the song Mighty Warrior Great in Battle. So why would the Lord be great in battle if there are no wars that are facing us? Okay? So it says he trains my hands for war. He trains my hands for war. So you are here in training. Tell your neighbor, don't miss training. You see, some soldiers miss training. That's a problem. Because now other soldiers are being taught how to, to hold a bow. He says he teaches my hands for war and he teaches me how to to, 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 to bend a bow of bronze, getting ready to attack. So now, if the Lord wants to teach us, he knows that the enemy is out there to attack. So David here literally was talking about the Lord teaching him to use that bow. But we know we are also involved in battle against our enemy. And our enemy is not flesh and blood. Our enemies, principalities, his powers, rulers of darkness of this world. So go to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, New King James Version. 1 Timothy 6, 12, New King James Version. And then we will tell you the theme for the day. And we are going to be cruising. We're just taking off. Amen. Amen. So we just put all this together and then so that when we take off and we cruise, then you can get it. 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Okay. Look at somebody next to you. Tell them fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Okay. Lay hold on eternal life, to which we are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Amen. Now, today we are going to talk about fight the good fight of faith. Okay. Fight a good fight of faith. Why do we have to fight? Because you have the enemy. Amen. And do you know that we won't be fighting when we get to heaven? So some of you are saying, we'll see it when we get to heaven. It's time to fight now. Your adversary, the devil, is, is loose now as we speak. The Bible says, as he was thrown out of heaven, it says war on the inhabitants of the earth because the devil, your adversary, the devil is furious. So he's out on the loose and he wants to attack. He wants to kill, he wants to steal, he wants to destroy. But you need to fight a good fight of faith. Can a fight be good? Because I thought a fight is messy business. Can war or battle be good? Because it looks like it's a painful thing. But he says there is a fight called the good fight of faith. Okay. I will give you two things from my perspective 
about why I think this is a good fight. Okay. The first thing is, how would you like to fight a fight where you know you have already won before you start fighting? It's good, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, before you start fighting, you already know you have won. Okay? The other time I was giving this illustration. Yeah, I'm not sure. We, do we have some soccer fans among us? I think Mr. MJ and others. <laughs> Who are the Chiefs fans here? <laughs> okay. It looks like, so let's use that example. It looks like, is it about two or three weeks ago where Chiefs won a match but they were trailing at one stage? Hmm? It was against who? Okay. So let's take that scenario. Okay, we're not saying one of them is the devil, one is you. I'm just giving you, I'm just giving you a scenario. Okay? I'm just giving you a scenario what is a good fight. Okay. If any of you have recorded that match, and now you see Highlands Park leading, and you are, a, you are a, a fan of Chiefs, do you get intimidated? If you've recorded that match where Chiefs was once trailing, but it won the match, and you know that Chiefs has won. So when Highlands Park is leading, do you get intimidated? You know the result. Amen? You know the outcome. So in essence, even if the devil may be leading at any point, I want you to relax like the fans of chiefs. <laughs> Amen. Where you know, because the other ones, you know that when they are leading, if there are some highlands park among them, they may be clapping hands and jumping. You just sit there and relax. Amen. I know the outcome. Amen. So this is what we call the good fight of faith. Because you already know the outcome. And did you know the other good part about this fight? I like it. Because as the enemy is coming against you, do you know who's the judge? The judge is your father. Now I can't lose when my ju the judge is my father. Imagine the, the, your father take boxing now. Those of you who like boxing. Imagine your enemy knocks you down and your father is the referee and he's supposed to count out. Do you think he can count you out? Uh-uh. That will be the longest ten that you will ever know. Because the father has to give you all the chance to stand up. Because it says many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So as you are down, you are not out. Tell your neighbor, you may be down, but you're not out. Stand up. Amen. Because it means that time when the enemy has knocked you down, you are not out. It's not over until you win. That's a good fight of faith. It only ends when we win. When you are still on the back foot, it's not over. Amen. Because you are more than a conqueror. Amen. We are more than conquerors. And the good thing is that the enemy that you are fighting against, he's not a new enemy. Elder Maleke once said he's got a track record of defeat. Do you know that the devil has got a track record of defeat? So if it was in boxing, you know in boxing before you start fighting, they give you the tales of each of the boxers. 
They will say with 50 fights, 49 wins by knockout, and one draw. So for the devil, they were going to say however number. And all of them losses. Now, if you're going to fight such an enemy, how do you feel? Amen. You get encouraged looking at the track record. You say, this one seems to be an easy meet. But you know how he does it. He does it this way. One time, uh, yeah, I think I was sharing this with uh, my brother and he was saying, so, when you say you stand in faith even when the enemy attacks you with sickness and you feel that it's very tough and you still stand your ground, why don't you sometimes feel like looking for alternatives? I said, it's because I know he, he will end up quitting. I don't quit. He will quit. And the way it's done is like this. The devil may start in the early rounds. He usually starts well. But he gets tired along the way. So just hang in there. Hang in there. Amen. Amen. It may feel like it's very tough. It's very hard. It's very difficult. But fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Look at his track record. Go to Revelation chapter 12. Verse 7 to 11, we'll do it in the NIV. So this is the enemy that is facing you. Even though he is out to kill, to steal, and to destroy, you have what it takes to overcome him. You have what it takes to put him under your feet. Amen? You just need to know to be trained for battle. You just don't need to miss training. Hey, because, by the way, that's another deception that the enemy will do. He will make sure that you miss training. Others are coming to church. They are getting trained. We're telling them that your enemy is usually good in early rounds. And then, because you were not in church, when the enemy is good in early rounds and you, are, you feel like, oh, this enemy is very powerful. No. He's not. Amen. Amen. He cannot handle pressure. Amen. So stand your ground. Amen. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Amen. Keep on standing. Amen. Look at this. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 to 11, NIV. Then war broke out in heaven. So it seems these things of war, it's not new. Okay? So we say fight the good fight of faith. So we are still in that battle, in that fighting. But it started in heaven. Mm-hmm. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. Okay, if you look at that first part, Michael and his angels were fighting against the dragon. If there is war in heaven, wouldn't you have expected God to fight? God doesn't fight with the devil. They are not in the same class. He says, Michael, deal with them. Amen? Amen. So, Michael and his angels, so that's why I told you that the devil is masquerading as if he's very powerful, very strong. Actually, there's a scripture that says there will come a time when we get to heaven and you look at him and say, is this the, is this the thing that was confusing the whole world? Hmm? Because you really, when you really see him for who he really is, then you start saying, but the whole world was in turmoil because of this one. So, but if you look through scriptures, you will see that God, even here, it says Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back. Verse 8. But he was not strong enough. Okay. You see, how is the devil like? He fights back, but 
Tell your neighbor, he may fight back, but he's not strong enough. Mm. So if you think you are the one who is feeling the heat now, I tell you, the enemy is feeling more heat than you. It's like this thing, like a tug of war. It's whoever gives in first. So don't give in. Amen. Keep on standing. Because your enemy is not strong enough. It says, he fought back, but he was not strong enough. And he's still not strong enough. Amen. Mm -hmm. And they lost their place in heaven. Okay. The The great dragon was held down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. Mm. He was held to the earth and his angels with him. Okay, so it means they have all been kicked out of heaven. Okay? Michael, uh, this one, um, the devil before, he used to be called Lucifer. He was the archangel of praise and worship. But he lost his place. And he was kicked down with some of his angels. So the angels of Satan are demons. Okay? So they were thrown down with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our, bre- of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and, na- and night has been held down. So you see who is the accuser? The accuser is the devil. So when you are a child of God, don't accuse other brethren. You are helping the devil. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. He accuses them day and night, but he's been thrown down. Mm -hmm. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. So in this one, Did the devil win? Mm -mm, He lost. So, you look at many of them. When the disciples were with Jesus, and he says, after he sent them, when they were coming back, he says, I saw Satan falling from heaven like lightning. And they said, oh, even demons are subject to us by your name. You see, you look throughout scriptures, you will see that your enemy has got a track record of defeat. But when he is coming against you, he makes it as if you are the one who is in trouble. But I want you to be equipped. I want you to be well trained. So we need to take on the full armor of God so that we may be able to stand. So that we may be able to know that this enemy, the devil, is our enemy, but he is a loser. So go to Philippians chapter 6. If you've got the J.B. Phillips, you can do it there. Otherwise, you will do it the Amplified, then I will do it J.B. Phillips. It's Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10. We are going to look at this step by step because I want to encourage you. This is now where it begins. Your battle, your struggle against the enemy. So if we say that your enemy is already defeated, if you do not know how to fight, if you do not know, you do not allow the Lord to teach you, to train you to battle, you are going to lose. Even against a defeated enemy. Don't you know that even those people with a track record of defeat, they still beat some people? You know, in boxing, you'll hear somebody with a very negative record, but they sometimes win. 
So it means if you are not well equipped, if you are not well trained, the enemy will still win against you. But I want you to be trained. I want you to be equipped like soldiers in the Lord's army. So, do you have it in J.B. Phillips? Okay. So, J.B. Phillips, Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Or we can do it, yeah, 10 to 18. In conclusion, be strong. Not in yourselves, but in the Lord. I like that part. So, you need to be strong, not in yourselves, but in the Lord. So, tell your neighbor, on your own, you are no match for the devil. If tried it, tell your neighbor, if tried it, and she lost. You remember, you remember if what she did, when the enemy was coming, she started reasoning, looking at the tree, and she was not leaning on God. Yeah, it looks like a good tree, good for eating. But look at how Jesus did it. It is written. I don't debate with the enemy. I just use the armor. The sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Amen. You can see the two contrasts. So now here it says be strong not in yourself but in the Lord. Mm -hmm. In the power of his boundless resource. Mm. Put on God's complete armor so that you can successfully resist all the devil's methods of attack. Okay I like that. You see the devil has got many methods of attack. Mm. But if you are well armored by the armor of God, you will be able to successfully resist all of them. Mm. Mm -hmm. For our fight is not against any physical enemy. Okay, that's the first part that also all of you should note. Mm. When you are being trained for war, you need to know that your fight is not against people. Mm. You know that sometimes you will think somebody is your enemy. Mm. I can't even look at her face. When I look in my language, there's the thing that when I look at uh, my, I start tearing blood. In other words, your tears become blood. So, but it says your enemy is not people. Amen. So it means that person may be used by the devil. So your real enemy is the devil behind that person. Okay? The other time I gave this example. Is it the Spanish or the Scottish? Those thing of the bulls where they somebody will go and provoke the bull and then the person who provoked the bull is not the one there. So when the bull comes, it, when it finds that the one who's there, it thinks the enemy is this one. This is the one who's... We used to do it when we were children. Sometimes you, you do this on the back of somebody and you are sitting, you are this side and there is somebody there and you, you do this at the back. And then when that person looks, he sees this one, he fights with that one. That's what the devil is doing. When you are now fighting with this other person, the devil is just standing there. When you finish with that one, now you go and fight people. So those of you who have been fighting people, you are deceived. Because our fight is not against, it's not against the physical enemies. Mm -hmm. It is against organizations and powers that are spiritual. Mm. We are up against the unseen power that controls this dark world. So there is a certain power that controls this dark world. So there is the spiritual side of whatever darkness that you are encountering. Mm, mm. Okay? Mm. So it is cooked in the spiritual realm and it's manifested in the natural. 
The enemy works exactly the same way that in our kingdom things work. Do you know that in our kingdom, we pray for something and we do something in the spiritual realm and then it gets manifested in the natural. The enemy does similar things. When, 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 when they say um, somebody, a curse has been thrown on somebody, so they will do whatever mood is that they do in their spiritual realm. And then that will be manifested in the natural. Okay? So here it says there are some spiritual powers that controls this dark world. Those are the ones you are up against. But you are well armed for them. Amen. Continue. We are up against the unseen power that controls this dark world and the spiritual agents from the very headquarters of evil. Oh. The very headquarters <laughs> of evil. That is what you are up against. So don't waste your time fighting with people. Tell your neighbor, don't waste your time fighting with people. Your real enemy is those spiritual evil forces in the heavenly realm. Amen. Amen. Those ones that are from the very headquarters of evil. But you have what it takes to win. So continue, therefore... Therefore, you must wear the whole armor of God that you may be able to resist evil in its day of power. Yeah. And that even when you have fought to a standstill, you may still stand your ground. So you keep on standing. Mm -hmm. Take your stand then with the truth as your belt, righteousness your breastplate, the gospel of peace firmly on your feet, salvation as your helmet, and in your hand the sword of the spirit, the word of God. I like the sword. Mm. You see, with the armor of God, I told you that Eve didn't use it, Jesus used it. When Jesus was keeping on saying, it is written, it is written, he was using the armor of God, he was using the word of God. He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. He did not try to reason. Because when the devil says, if you are the son of God, change these stones into bread, you know if it was Eve, I'm trying to think because she was told eat. You remember it's the same temptation, food. You can eat this. God knows that if you eat it, you will be wise like him. She was supposed to say, we've been told we mustn't eat it. Full stop. Now she looks at it, reasons. But with Jesus, he doesn't reason. Because some of you would have reasoned, okay, but I can show that I'm a man of God, man. I can show that I'm a son of God. So he didn't prove. He said it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And when the devil took him to the mountain top and showed him all the kingdoms, and he says, if you bow to me, all this will be given to you. Instead of thinking, so it means I don't even have to die on the cross. It can just be given back to me. If I just bow. Then he realizes, but devil, it is written. We mustn't bow to any other God, but to God alone. So Jesus was not reasoning. He was just giving what was written. Amen. And that's how you will win also as a child of God. Amen. If you want to win, it says, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Mm -hmm. Above all, be sure you take faith as your shield. Yes. I also want this one, faith. Mm. Mm -hmm. How do, what do I do with the faith? 
For it can quench every burning missile the enemy has at you. So is the enemy throwing missiles? Mm -hmm. huh? It is. Mm. Have you been experiencing some of the missiles? Huh? Yeah, so if so take the shield of faith. Okay? And if you're not quick enough, some of those missiles will struck. Isn't it? So you need to keep on taking the shield of faith with which to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. It's not as if the devil will not attack. But you have what it takes Amen. to stand against the wiles of the devil. Okay? Pray at all times with every kind of spiritual prayer. I like this one also. Mm. This is another armor. Mm. Prayer. Mm. Mm. And if you look at the life of Jesus, he would mainly stay in the word and pray. Those were the two things he was mainly doing most of the time. And that's how you win. Being grounded in the word and taking the word of God as the sword of the spirit. Keeping on saying it is written. And at the same time, praying with all kinds of prayer. Mm -hmm. Keeping alert and persistent as you pray for all Christ men and women. Okay. So it means now as we keep on praying for one another, that's another armor. You see, when we pray for one another, I told you that those buffaloes, they are covering each other's back. So it means as I'm facing the enemy here, you should be at my back facing the enemy. Covering me with prayer. Okay. Praying for one another. I'm just challenging all of us here. When last did you pray for some among us here? And when last did you pray even for me as your pastor? I need you. Amen. Amen. We need one another. Amen. We are a family. So it means, imagine those buffaloes. They stand like this, isn't it? Each with the back and each of them with the... Imagine you do that and all the other buffaloes are not there. They are also facing the same direction with you. You think you are covered. <laughs> and the, the, the lion will get you. So let's not allow the enemy to get us. Let's all be there guarding each other's back. Okay? As I guard your back, you guard my back. Amen. Because we are up against these evil forces. But we are fighting the good fight of faith. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. So we draw our strength from him. Actually in the Amplified it says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. So we take our strength from him. Because we are fighting against those spiritual wicked forces in the heavenly realm. Now, if you look at this, the two things. I said to you, there are many, those, many of those armors, but I want us to pick those two. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Where you keep on saying it is written. And also praying all the time. Praying even for others. Now, if we are up against the wicked spiritual forces in heavenly places, I want you to go to the book of Daniel chapter 10. Then you will see this in action. I told you earlier that things that are happening in the natural, they have their origin on the spiritual realm. Even all the attacks that you are facing. You see, the devil is not strong. He's just shrewd. He is cunning. Okay? 
Tell your neighbor the devil is not strong, he's just shrewd. He is cunning. You know how he does his cunningness? So sometimes what he does is he will either make you miss training. That's being true. Yeah. If I know that if you come to church, you are going to receive the word and you are going to put me under your feet, then I must give you all reasons not to go for training. Shrewd. Okay? And sometimes even when you are in church, he will give you things to be busy with when the word is being preached because he is shrewd. He knows that all these things, they mustn't hear that. Mm -mm, They mustn't hear that. You know the parable of the sower. It says some when the word is sown, the enemy comes immediately and steals that word. He doesn't want that word to germinate and give fruit. Because if you can get that, you are going to be a threat to the enemy. So he will keep you busy with many things. So he's shrewd. He is cunning. You remember in Genesis it says, the serpent was more cunning than all the animals that the Lord God has created. Where do you think the serpent got his cunningness? From the devil. So the devil is cunning. He's shrewd. Look at this. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 to 13. This one, maybe read it in the NIV. So in this case here, we are going to show you how the physical is controlled by the spiritual. Even when you are praying, you are waging war in the spiritual realm. When you are decreeing those things and declaring them, when you are praying for your relatives to be protected, you are waging war in the spiritual realm. But that will, be manifest, will have its manifestation in the natural. So if you don't pray, you are missing an opportunity to use your armor. Amen? If you don't quote the word of God and say it is written, you are missing an opportunity to use the armor. If you are not using your faith, you are missing an opportunity to quench all the fair darts of the wicked. Now look at this. In Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 to 13, NIV. Then he continued. Yeah, it was the angel (laughs) coming. It was the angel who, when Daniel was praying, one time Daniel was praying, and the answers didn't come. Like some of you, you've been praying and praying. And when the answers didn't come, now ultimately, on day 21, this angel managed to get through. And he will tell us the story. Listen, the angel now is going to tell you the story. Mm. Then he continued. Mm, it's the angel. Mm-hmm. Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. So it says, since the very first time that Daniel you prayed and you wanted to understand this, your words were heard. Your prayer was answered and I am come in response to that prayer. But what happened? But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Oh, so some of the prayers get detained when, when the enemy, so it says here, the very first day that you prayed, you remember we always like, you guys like quoting the 21 first of Daniel. According to this angel, the answer was there on day one. Amen. Amen. The problem was blockage. The prince of the kingdom of Persia, he says, the very first day that you prayed, 
Your prayer was answered. And I'm coming in response to that prayer. But the prince of the Persian kingdom, we told you that we fight against principalities, against powers. Okay? The prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. And when he was resisting him, you know this one is Gabriel. Gabriel is he's a good messenger. He's an archangel. He's a messenger. Even you remember during the time of Mary, he comes. But it seems he's not good in battle. Okay? He's not good in battle until Michael. You remember Michael? You remember Michael? Okay, it seems Mike is very happy there at the back. <laughs> you remember Michael in Revelation? He dealt with him, isn't it? So even here, as this uh, uh, angel Gabriel was detained, Michael came, let go. Okay? And then he was released, and then he could bring the answer. So, for us now, as children of God, if we are given the armor, it means the Bible doesn't say that Michael will fight for us like he did with Daniel. It says you are the one who is facing those wicked spiritual forces. Okay? You remember what we read earlier? It says your struggle is not against flesh and blood. It is against principalities. Now here is one of the principalities, the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Okay? So now, if it is us facing those principalities, we need to know how to fight our battle. We need to be equipped. And sometimes, did you know that a battle is not always nice and easy? Hmm. Sometimes it's hot in the kitchen. But don't quit. Amen. You are a soldier. Amen. Amen. Actually, if you go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 in the New King James, 2 Timothy 2, 3 and 4, I want to show you that as a soldier, things won't always be easy. Okay? I'm glad, Mr. Pretorius, you, you understand the soldier story better than most of us. So, soldiers, things are not always easy, but you are made up for it. They give you hard training so that you can have easy war. So I say, I always get surprised when I see some soldiers being very lax and being very casual. Because when the enemy comes, you will have hard moments. Okay? So all those soldiers who keep on missing training. <laughs> okay, Mr. Pretorius, I'm not sure. I, I, I left the the, the, uh, the military before I went for training. So it seems <laughs> the discipline that is there, it's not like, you see, okay, let's read that one so that because you may be wondering why am I talking about soldiers. Here is a soldier. So I want to take this soldier here and then equate it to the natural soldier. Get it. Second Timothy 2, 3 and 4. You therefore must enjoy hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So you are a soldier. Mm. Tell your neighbor, so you are a soldier. Yes. Obey orders. You see, these Christian soldiers, they are very lax. They don't obey orders. <laughs> they don't keep to the rules. They just decide, even if, Mr. Pretoria, I attended a bit in those earlier stages. In the army, if it's a particular time that you should be at a particular place, you've got to be there at that time. Now, in the Lord's army, the church starts at 10, you come at 11. 
What kind of a soldier are you? No, undisciplined. <laughs> and if you are undisciplined, they have something that they do in the army with undisciplined soldiers. So reread that, 2 Timothy 2, 3 and 4. Because this is serious, guys. We need to take, if the Bible equates us as soldiers, we need to have the discipline of soldiers. Because then, you even know how to stand when it is hard. But you are also well equipped to handle the enemy. So read it. You therefore must enjoy hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Mm. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Okay. So I see several things here. Firstly, I see the issue of enduring hardship as a good soldier. It says, even as a soldier, there will be hard moments. But you are a soldier. Keep on standing. Look at your neighbor and say, has it been hard of late? Keep on standing, you are a soldier. Amen. You are enlisted as a soldier. You can't quit. Amen. It says, endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So as long as you don't miss training, we'll keep on equipping you. And we'll keep on saying, let's pray for one another. Let's keep on holding each other's hand. Sometimes even when one of us is wounded, we need to be there for one another. Okay? I once heard this. One of the preachers said, apparently Jimmy Swaggart says, the only army that he knows of where if their own one soldier is wounded, they come and finish them off is the Christian army. Yeah, when one is wounded, you will see how other Christians quickly go there to finish. While in the natural, others would even risk their lives to save the wounded soldier. Amen? So it means if we are soldiers of Christ, we also need to know how to defend one another. We need to know how to protect one another. We need to know how to stand with one another. That's fighting a good fight of faith. Those who are still gossipers, they don't know the fight that we are engaged in. Because you're still gossiping about your brother or your sister. Some of you even gossip about your pastor. Even worse. What kind of soldier art thou? <laughs> who gossips about your commander? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Don't do that. Amen. And it says, secondly, as a soldier you don't entangle yourself with the affairs of this life. You keep yourself disciplined. Amen. You've got curfew moments. Amen. You are a soldier. Amen. You're not like a civilian. You see, some of our soldiers, they behave like civilians. You don't keep the discipline. So it says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. So I think the problem is that most of the, our soldiers... They've forgotten that they are soldiers. How would you like to be defended or protected by soldiers who have forgotten that they are soldiers? They are busy with civilian issues. Instead of focusing on the battle ahead. So I want you to look at this in the book of Joel. Joel chapter 3. Verse 9 to 17. We'll do it in the EXB, expanded version of the Bible. 
EXB. Joel chapter 3, 9 to 17, EXB. Because when I look at this thing in Joel, I see a time when some of the soldiers had to be woken up. Which means some soldiers sometimes forget who they are. Some soldiers even forget the task at hand. So we need to be woken up. So you will see here, some of the soldiers had to be woken up. And then the Bible would even talk about, even those that are weak, let them say we are strong. So when you are a soldier, you do not quit. When things are difficult, you keep on standing. You are a soldier. Amen. Amen. That's what we need to have. The attitude of soldiers. You don't quit. I like this thing about the the, the soldiers. Somebody once said, as you're going to Joel chapter 3, verse 9 to 17, EXB. Somebody once said, yeah, I think I shared this with you before, that uh, one of the generals of the American army who was, they were very good, they kept on winning wars during this general's time. So they said, this general said, I know that most of you here have come with an attitude that you are going to die for your country. But that's not how you win war. You win war by letting others die for their country. Because you don't die by, you don't win by dying, do you? If you say I'm going to die for my country, that's not how you win war. He said you win war by making your enemies die for their country. That's the attitude you should have. That I'm a winner. In Christ my Lord, I'm a winner. In Christ my Lord. Soldier in the army. You want to do it for us a bit? Just do it. Just do it a little bit. Soldier in the army. Yes, I am. I'm a winner in Christ my Lord. I don't quit. Amen. Like a soldier in the army. I keep on standing. Now, I say that some of the soldiers had to even be reminded to wake up. Joel 3, 9 to 17, EXB. Announce this among the nations. Prepare for war. Wake up. Call out the soldiers, the warriors, mighty men. Amen. So they were waking up some soldiers saying, wake up. Because some soldiers are sleeping. You know some soldiers even sleep in church. (laughs) They sleep during training. Guys, that's not good. Wake up. Amen. We are, this is serious business. By the way, do you know that the devil is very serious about devouring? So we are equipping you, we're giving you all the armor. Because it says be strong not in your might, but in the power of his might. Take the armor of God. So you cannot overcome the enemy 
unless you take the armor of God with you. Mm -hmm. Let all the men of war come near and attack. Make swords from your plows, beat your plowshares into swords, and make spears from your hooks for trimming trees, pruning hooks. Let even the weak person say, I am a soldier, a warrior, strong. Amen. Let even the weak say, I am strong. Mm. So this is what he was encouraging. He says, soldiers, you need to wake up. You need to stand. You need to, you are called for war. So they were waking up some soldiers. They say soldiers. So it means these soldiers here referred to here, they were not taking their position. Okay. Mm -hmm. All of you nations, hurry and come together in that place. Lord, send your soldiers to gather the nations. Wake up nations. So the Lord is also sending up his soldiers. And do you know who are the Lord's soldiers? Us. So now imagine the Lord, you see that whatever the enemy can try and plan with his soldiers, with his armor, now the Lord calls on you as his soldiers and you're not ready. It's not good. Fight the good fight of faith. Mm -hmm. Wake up nations and come to attack in the valley where the Lord judges. There I will sit to judge all the nations on every side. Swing the cutting tool because the harvest is ripe. You see the harvest is plentiful. Mm. It's harvest time. So soldiers get into the, the field. Start harvesting souls. Mm. There are many more souls to be won into the kingdom. Mm. Mm -hmm. Come. Walk on them as you will as you'll walk on grapes to get their juice. Hey, this is good. So Walk on them as you would walk on grapes to get on grapes to get their juice. So that's as a soldier, go out there into the enemy's camp and take the spoils. Don't always be in the defensive. Okay? Don't be in the defensive. By the way, in the armor that we read, did you realize that there is none for the back? No, you remember you will have the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, nothing for the back. So it seems like according to the Lord, he doesn't expect you to run from the enemy. Hmm. The enemy is more afraid of you than you are afraid of him. The other time I gave them an example of, I hear that snakes are very much afraid of people. So as you are running away from the snake, guess what is happening to the snake? The snake is running away from you. Okay? So the reason why we do not have armor for the back is because the Lord knows that we are an army facing the enemy. There's nothing wrong with retreating a bit as long as you're still facing this way. This what we call a strategic retreat. Mm. Can I give you one example? You remember in the Bible, there was a strategic retreat when these enemies, they were coming against the Israelites. Okay? And then, because these enemies, they were known that it won't be easy to defeat them if we go to them. So they said, what we are going to do is, we are going to divide ourselves into two groups. 
It's there in the Bible. That's a strategic retreat. So they said, some of you guys, we want you to go there. And when the enemy comes, you must do like you are running away from them. So that the enemy will get out of their camp. And as the enemy gets out of the camp, we'll go into the camp and destroy the city. And that's how they did it. And they overcame them that way. So as the enemy was thinking that, now he's right. So sometimes when the enemy thinks he's got you on the back foot, he doesn't know that it's just a strategic retreat. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you will think you are on the back foot. It's just a strategic retreat. Amen. And sometimes you even need to, to call for reinforcement. Hey, Bafunzi, may you pray with me. I'm standing on this. I'm trusting God for this. That's what they do even in the natural. Amen. You will hear them saying that as the police or the soldiers, when they are in trouble, they call for reinforcement. So sometimes you need to call. Okay, you call somebody that you trust, that they will pray with you. You call for Bobme, you call for the pastor, you call for somebody that you know, this one is also a soldier that will stand with me. They will not laugh at me as the enemy is up against me. Amen. They are on my side. Amen. Then you call. Amen. Amen. Like the soldier in the army. Amen. Because the Lord has given us all the authority against the enemy. So the enemy cannot win against us. He can deceive you and then he will win. But if you don't yield into his deception, he's not going to defeat you. Go to the book of Luke chapter 10 verse 19. I think I should start winding down now. Because I want you to understand this, that as we fight the good fight of faith, actually this morning I was thinking, I think I was woken up around four, then I felt, let me pray. I'm a soldier. <laughs> By the way, uh, Mr. Pretorius, it seems in soldiers there are even those unholy hours. <laughs> you see? So I think, even with soldiers in the army, if the Lord wakes you up at 12, instead of you being worried about your deaths, Take it as time to pray. Then the devil will know he doesn't, you, he, he dares not wake you up at 12. Do it that way. Be wise. Okay? So it means, do you know that sometimes the devil would wake you up one o'clock? Now you can't sleep because you are worried. One o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, still you're not falling asleep. Can I tell you a secret? I told you this secret before. Start praying. You will see how quickly the devil leaves you. And you won't even know how you fell asleep. Because the enemy now realizes, mm -mm, not when he is praying, but as you are worrying and always seeing how things will keep on falling apart and that the devil wants it that way. He even adds some more. You see, it's not only this. You know, there is also that one. Now you worry about this. When you finish this, now you go to chapter 2 of worries. <laughs> he gives you all of those. But if you can just dare start praying, you will see how quickly he leaves you. Amen? Because the enemy knows that when you pray, you are dangerous to him. So I'm giving you this secret. I'm saying, if you ever wake up and you can't fall asleep, start praying for us. We need your prayers. Amen. Amen. Start praying for us. Sometimes you even pray 
Some of you have got relatives even from afar off. Pray for them. It says pray with all kinds of prayers. Some of you are baptizing the Holy Ghost. You can even pray in other tongues. When you don't even know what to pray for as you ought, start praying. You are a soldier. There are some people who need you to defend them in the spiritual realm. So it means some of the things that are happening against our people, some of those we should have prayed against them. Because things are cooked in the spiritual realm. You remember we had your struggle is against evil forces. Even those from the headquarters of evil. So it means you combat it there. So next time, when you've got an opportunity to pray, pray. When you've got an opportunity to study the word, study the word. When you've got an opportunity to come to church for training, go for training. Okay? Take it serious. Because we are in the war. But look at this. In Luke ten nineteen. Because the Lord gives us the authority over all the powers of the enemy. He doesn't expect us to be defeated. That's why I told you, we'll do it in the Amplified and then we'll do it in the Passion. So that's why I told you that that's why there is no armor for the back. Because the Lord knows that you are a winner. You are a winner in Christ Jesus our Lord. So those things that you've been struggling with, you are a soldier. It may be hot in the kitchen, but you don't quit. Luke 10, 19 in the Amplified. Listen carefully. I have given you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the powers of the enemy, Satan, and nothing will in any way harm you. Who said that? Jesus, isn't it? The commander of the army. He says, I give you authority over all the powers of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm you. So everything that the enemy throws at you, you've got what it takes to win. Tell your neighbor, everything that the enemy throws at you, you have what it takes to win. Keep on standing. And, 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 and I like it in, in, in Ephesians, it says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. So you do all to stand. You don't say, I've been standing pastor for 15 years now. What must I do? Stand. I, I have stood pastor. What else? Keep on standing. Amen. You are a soldier. Amen. Your armor is only in the front. Nothing for the back. You can't run away. Amen. Amen. So he says, I've given you authority. Just repeat it. Listen carefully. Yeah, listen carefully. I have given you authority that you now possesses. Now, I have given you authority that now. What am I reading? I have given you authority that you now possesses to tread on serpents and scorpions, and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy, Satan, and nothing will in any way harm you. Okay, now. He says he gives us authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Are those not scary creatures? Huh? But you've got the authority. So anything of the enemy, anything that the enemy thinks he can boast about as his armor, you've got what it takes to overcome that. The enemy is under our feet. So, and he says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. It will not be able to harm you. 
So the enemy can throw sickness on you. He cannot kill you with that sickness. Amen. He can try and throw things on you to damage you, to discourage you from your faith. You should say, I'm fully persuaded that neither death nor life, angels or principalities, things present or things to come, nothing will be able to separate me from the love of Christ, which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. Amen. So it means you have taken a resolution that I'm standing with the Lord no matter what. And I know I'm more than a conqueror. So read it in the Passion. Luke 10, 19. Now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. Okay, I like this, how Jesus is doing it. When Jesus came on earth, he also took on the armor of God to be able to stand against the devil. I told you how he was quoting scriptures, isn't it? It's written, it's written, it's written. So so now he says, I've imparted to you the authority to trample over his kingdom. So you've got the authority to trample over the kingdom of the enemy. You've got the authority. Use it. You've got the authority. Use it. So that's why we are saying wake up mighty warriors because some of the warriors here have been sleeping. You do not understand the authority that you have. Each one of you, if you are a child of God, if God dwells in you, if the Holy Spirit is in you, you are a child of God and you are strong. Even when you feel weak, you are strong. Amen. Amen. So he says, I've imparted to you all authority to trample over the kingdom of the enemy. So he wants you to trample. When last did you trample over the works of the enemy? Hmm? Or are you always running away and crying victim of your circumstances? You are a victor. You are more than a conqueror. Amen. Amen. So you need to be trampling upon all the forces of the enemy. Say, devil, you've got no authority over my household. In Jesus' name, I take complete control. You take it in the spiritual realm and it will be manifested in the natural. And if he does it in your body, you say, devil, you've got no authority over my body. This body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It is not temple of sicknesses. Amen. 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 And if in your homes you feel you threatened, the enemy is threatening you, you are afraid in your home. You say, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And the Lord said he will form a hedge around me, around my family, and around all that is mine on every side. The angel of the Lord encamps around me. He delivers me wherever I go. You see, you are taking the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You are declaring it for yourself. Amen. 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 Because he has imparted that authority on us. So read it forward. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Repeat that. Because there are many demons ahead of you. Mm. Mm. There are many demons ahead of you. Anything that the enemy is using against you, Mm. it says you will trample over it. Mm. You are a soldier. You've got what it takes to win. Amen. Mm -hmm. You will trample upon every demon before you. Okay. You, you, you pause a bit before the end. So, you will trample upon every demon before you. Okay? You don't run away from the challenges that are ahead of you. Trample on them. 
trample on them and enforce the kingdom of heaven. Since the time of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God has been suffering violence and the violent take it by force. Amen. Okay, you trample upon every demon before you. And overcome every power Satan possesses. Okay, so it seems like there are some things that the devil can boast himself on as if he's got power. The devil has got some of the specialties that he likes parading. Whether it's sickness, whether it's accidents, whether it's distractions, all those things. If you read Psalms 91, you will see many of the things that the enemy boasts himself in. Okay? So the Bible says you will have authority even over all those powers of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Re re read it, complete it in that passion. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. Repeat that. Mm. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. Amen. Amen. So it means it doesn't matter that the devil has got all these plans, this, all these things that he wants to attack me. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm me as I walk in this authority. So I'm saying soldiers, let's keep on walking in this authority. Amen. 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 You have what it takes to win. Keep on standing. Keep on standing. Let's keep on praying for one another. Let's keep on saying it is written. Let's keep fighting the good fight of faith. So that even at the end, I want to come to a point. Let's conclude with 2 Timothy. Chapter 4 verse 7. I like this one you know. In the King James. Because I want to show you this. That at the end, don't be a soldier who is a defeated one. At the end you need to say, there might have been rough days. There might have been difficult moments. But I'm still standing. And when it's time for the crown, actually start it from verse 6. Yeah, and then we'll do 6, 7, and 8. 2 Timothy 4. It was the time when now Paul was about to depart. Okay? I want to show you how he fought as a soldier. He did not just encourage us. He did not just say to, to, to Timothy, Timothy, endure hardship like a good soldier of Christ. He did not just say, fight the good fight of faith, talking to Timothy. He himself also fought the good fight of faith. So that when it was time to quit, he could talk like a soldier. Amen. 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 Verse 6, 7, and 8. For I have already been poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. You see, when you are a soldier... You depart. You don't, you, you depart. You see, it's, it's when you go, you, you, you depart. And you, you see, I like this soldier part where you depart and you even know the time of my departure is at hand. You don't hi get hijacked into death. Yeah. I'm saying, it's saying here, the time of my departure is at and so it means when it's time to depart I need to say the time of my departure is at hand. I've been a good soldier. In other words I don't go at the devil's terms. Don't do that. Because some of you, you make the devil make you quit your job. 
You need to say, I don't go. I go at my terms. Amen. I consult with my father. And if my father says it's time to go now, he opens another door. Then I go. Amen. Amen. Not at the devil's terms. So now here he says, the time of my departure is at hand. Mm -hmm. I have fought the good fight. Okay. What did he say we must do? He said fight a good fight. You remember when he was telling Timothy and telling all of us? Now Paul is now saying, as for me, now this was the time when he said fight the good fight, it was not at this time yet. If you look at Philippians 1 from 21, you will hear him saying, I'm in a strait betwixt the two. I do not know whether I should die now and go and be with the Lord or I should remain and be with you. What must I choose? He says, but for the sake of you guys, because if I depart and go and be with the Lord, it's far much better. But for your sake, let me remain. Okay? Let me keep on fighting the good fight. But now, it's time to depart. So he says, the time of my departure is at hand. Because I have fought a good fight. How would you feel? At the end of your journey, you need to be able to say, I have fought a good fight. I've used every opportunity to enforce the kingdom of heaven. Every opposition that came against me, I stood my ground. I fought a good fight. I have finished the race. Mm -hmm. I have kept the faith. Amen. Mm. So, if he says I fought a good fight, he says I have finished the race. Okay? That's why I tell you. I will keep on telling this one. The devil knows. I don't quit here before I finish the race. Amen. Hmm. I, it doesn't. So he says, I, I have finished the race. So it means I need to come to a point where I say, guys, look back, man. I fought a good fight. Amen. And you look back and say, yeah, pastor, you fought a good fight. I say, I've completed my race. Yeah, pastor, you've completed your race. Through it all, I've kept the faith. Amen. You say, Pastor, indeed you've kept the faith. Now, what hinders me from going? Now you can depart. Amen? Amen. So, after that, then verse 8. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. Amen. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. Mm. And, not to, and not to me only but also to all who have loved his appearing. Amen. I like to end it that way. I like that we need to understand that whatever, when he says fight the good fight of faith, as we are fighting this faith, we are in our own races, we are in the race. Okay? As you are in a race, make sure you stay in your lane. Okay? Because there are some soldiers, instead of them staying in their lane, they are keeping on peeping others. Do you know the 100 meter sprint guys? Imagine you are a 100 meter sprint and you keep on. You will lose. You need to say when they say on your marks, it's your marks. Get set. So you focus on your lane. So that you can say at the end, I've finished my race, my course. And my race is not the same with your race. That's why I don't have to compete with you. Okay? Because each one of us there is a specific course, a specific race that the Lord has laid before you. Complete your race. 
complete your course. So that at the end of it all, you can say, I have run the race. I've completed my course. I have kept the faith. I fought a good fight. So are you encouraged to fight a good fight? When it's hot in the kitchen, can you promise me you won't quit? We ain't quitting. You'd rather call for reinforcement. I'll be very glad when I hear you saying, Pastor, I want you to stand with me. Then I know it's a soldier who wants reinforcement. Amen. Amen. But quitting, you're not quitting. Amen. Amen. Even praying for one another, like we said. Imagine if all of us pray for one another. Covering each other's back. Imagine if we spend a lot of time in the word. We'll be able to say it is written. It is written. It is written. Because you cannot overcome the enemy with your own strength, with your own wisdom. We are soldiers. We fight a good fight of faith. Can we stand up and thank God for the word that we've heard? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We give you.